Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 30. And it's a beautiful week, everyone. March Madness has officially started. I am so excited. But first, I'm going to go over conference tournament weekend. We had a lot of basketball the past few days. Big Ten tournament, ACC tournament. UNC made a little run in the tournament, uh, eventually losing to Florida State in the semis. But I'll talk about that a little bit. I'm going to really talk about a lot of teams going around. This is not going to be a UNC-centered episode because, again, it's March Madness. We're focused on the bracket now, but I have to get you guys a recap of these tournaments and give you my thoughts on some of the top teams in the nation. So without further ado, let's just hop straight into it. I will start with UNC, however. In the ACC tournament, we beat Notre Dame by 50. Play a very, very good physical game against Virginia Tech. I believe we won by about eight. And then unfortunately, we lost to Florida State in the semifinals, 69-66, ending our run. But for the most part, we played really solid. We played some really good basketball. That Virginia Tech game was a big win because that really showed that you know we, we got some fight. We can be physical because that Virginia Tech team was swarming defensively. And thankfully, R.J. Davis had a phenomenal game against Virginia Tech, 19 points. The Bigs did their thing against Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. Florida State obviously was a little more rocky. We only shot 34% from the field, 58% from the free throw line. And unfortunately, that led to a loss against the Seminoles for the second time this season out of three matchups. But I'm encouraged from what I saw from the Tar Heels this weekend. This team is hitting stride at the right time. We're playing some of the best basketball of the season. Again, that Virginia Tech one was really big in my opinion. And as we look towards the bracket, which I will talk about in future episodes, about our chances against Wisconsin and then you know future teams going forward, this team can make a run. I could see us potentially making an upset and, and you know reaching the Sweet 16 because our bigs were playing really well. RJ, again, great game against Virginia Tech. Kerwin Walton was shooting the ball all right. Needs to hunt for a shot a bit more. We do need better from Caleb Love, though. Too inconsistent, too many turnovers, poor shot selections again. He needs to get back to taking the right shots. I believe he was like 4-14 against uh, Florida State or something like that. He, he just needs to take better shots, and he needs to take care of the ball. He's our point guard in the tournament. Teams that do well have experienced point guards who control the game and take care of the ball. Caleb Love has to do that if we want any shot at knocking off a top team. That's really all I, that's, that's all I want to go over for the UNC side of things because, because I really want to get into some of these other teams. But to conclude this little section, this team is good enough to make a small run. We're playing well at the right time. We've got 10 guys or... Would I, the rotation's been shortened a bit to nine or eight, I believe, but we've got the guys to make to to really make some noise. But unfortunately, we do have Baylor second round, so that that changes a lot of things. We're not a seven seed; we are an eight seed. But regardless, I was really encouraged from what I saw in the ACC tournament. Really good play overall. It was really that first half against Florida State that killed us, going down eleven points at halftime. Another double-digit lead to come back from. And just a, a quick mention, and I'm not one to 
complain about the refs all too much, but the refs were horrible in the Florida State game. Travels, goaltendings. I mean, I don't really understand how the refs missed that many calls because it adds up. It makes a difference. Those two free points can become four, six, eight points. Makes a difference, and it did in that game. That's enough about complaining about the rest. I'm sure in the NCAA tournament shouldn't play too much of an impact. Unfortunately, it did against Florida State a little bit. But I'm excited. I'm really excited to see UNC play Wisconsin, I believe, on Friday, the 8-9 matchup. And if we win, we go on to play the Baylor Bears. But that is for a future episode with a guest. We do have a couple guest episodes coming this week, Tuesday and Thursday. Wednesday, I might do an episode on my own. I'll see, depending on the schedule. Obviously, college life, very busy. I feel like I say that every time I'm on here. But I'm going to hop into the rest of the ACC tournament right now. Championship game. Well, actually, first off, UVA had a back out of the tournament because of a positive COVID test. Duke had to do the same. Because of that, Duke doesn't make the tournament. UVA allows Georgia Tech to go to the finals, only playing Miami. And Florida State only had to play UNC in the semis because they didn't have to play Duke. And this was a really interesting game. Florida State, Georgia Tech. Florida State was sloppy. They were terrible. 24 turnovers. Pretty sure MJ Walker had eight of them on his own. But let's give the credit to Georgia Tech people. Jose Alvarado is inspirational. He has so much heart and puts in so much effort on both ends of the floor. He is the heart and soul of that Georgia Tech team. And it showed. Moses Wright, ACC Player of the Year, had a, had a pretty decent game against Florida State. But even though he's a little of an undersized center, he can be a mismatch for people. He can really move on the outside. I really like his scoring ability. This team has only four players, honestly. They get a little bit of contributions from their bench and their fifth starter, but it's Alvarado, it's Moses Wright, it's Michael DeVoe, Jordan Usher. Those four players are the majority, or put in the majority of their points. But those are four really solid players. I really like DeVoe's game. He can shoot it from the outside. He's aggressive when going to the hole. Same with Jordan Usher. He had that monster slam on Raekwon Gray uh, to go up six late in that game in the, uh, in the ACC championship. But I really like what Usher and DeVoe bring to the table. They bring shooting. They bring defense. They bring length. Along with Moses Wright's uh, mismatch down low and Jose Alvarado's leadership, game management abilities, and just very just like like he's he's everywhere defensively. He is everywhere. He's getting steals, deflections, disrupting ball handoffs. This Georgia Tech team is sneaky good. And I've been saying this for a little bit. They've flown under the radar. They are still flying under the radar because they only got a nine seed in the tournament. But this Georgia Tech team can definitely, definitely upset a team. They have the defense to do it, and they have the, the shooting from some of their guys to do it as well. Really like what I saw from Georgia Tech in that game. And on the flip side for Florida State, I think they'll be able to bounce back from this. Again, very sloppy game with 24 turnovers. Scotty Barnes actually had 21 points, so that was really encouraging to see him pour in a lot on the offensive end. Because 
Florida State is a very good team. I've been saying this for a little bit. I, I thought that they were the best team in the ACC, especially after they beat UVA. But then they kind of they, they faltered a little bit. They lost to UNC. They lost to Notre Dame. They lose to Georgia Tech here. They lost three games that, I mean, to be honest, they maybe should have won all three of them. But I'm sure Leonard, Leonard Hamilton is going to have them bounce back and we'll see where I have Florida State in my bracket because I'm still going to stick on the Florida State bandwagon. Not necessarily a bandwagon because they're a four seed. They're not a top team in the nation. But I believe that they'll get it back together. And they're still a team that can cause trouble. You know, Raekwon Gray, 6'8", like 260, built like Zion Williamson. He's such a versatile player. MJ Walker can really shoot the ball well. Anthony Polite, he hit a huge three against UNC. You got Cooper Vitsa in the middle. He played very well against the Tar Heels. This is still a team that's eight or nine deep, maybe even 10. They have guys that can defend, they're lengthy, they're athletic, they can put the ball in the hole, and they can really disrupt some things on both or on the defensive side of the ball. So that, those are my thoughts for the ACC. I'm going to get into the Big 10 next, then I've got SEC and Big 12, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Big East to wrap up this really awesome episode it's probably going to go past 20 minutes i'm sure of it we're already nine and a half in but stay tuned big 10 coming up next all right welcome back to 125 unfiltered everybody we're going to talk about the big 10 tournament because man is this conference loaded you've got illinois michigan ohio state iowa even purdue this is a really this is the best conference in college basketball they have nine teams in the tournament and i was able very fortunately, able to watch the both semifinal games and the final. Let's start with Illinois. Big Ten champions, Ayo Dosunmu is the real deal. This guy can play on both ends of the ball. He can drive it at will. He can hunt for his own shot. He can iso. Pretty good free throw shooter. I love what Dosunmu brings to the table. And it's not official. But I'm very, very keen on picking Illinois, the Fighting Illini, to win the NCAA championship. I am very confident in this team. Again, I love what Dasunmu does. He's a star. He's a leader. You got Kofi Coburn in the middle, who quite frankly won the matchup with Luca Garza in the semifinal matchup. He, I believe he had 26 points. Garza only had 21. Shooting uh, percentage wasn't great. So I love Coburn, aside from the free throws. His free throw shooting is a little, little inconsistent. I believe he's around 55%. But the thing about Illinois that I love is the supporting cast. Andre Curbelo, sixth man of the year in the Big Ten, freshman. I believe he was a top 50 player for this recruiting class. I love his game. This kid brings it on the defensive side of the ball. He was getting multiple steals against Iowa. He is so crafty. He can really create his own shot with the ball. He's fast. He's creative. He's got good ball handling. He has some really nice mid-range pull-ups. I love Andre Corbello's game a whole lot. And for him to come off the bench and give you a spark, that's something that you really need in the tournament. He kind of reminds me of what Dante DiVincenzo was doing for Villanova three years ago when they won the championship. Coming off the bench, providing a spark on offense and defense, Curbelo is going to be a game changer. Trent Frazier, the lefty, absolutely knocked down 
three-pointer from the corner. He is a really good shooter, also a good ball handler, and I was really surprised with his defense. Very good defender. He was all in Bohannon's grill. Uh, on some plays and and that really contributed to increasing their lead because even though Bohannon did have around 20 points he forced some bad shots some contested shots and that's really all you can do as a defender so I love Trent Frazier's game as well they've got some other good supporting pieces you've got Williams you've got Georgie you also have Andre or Andrew Miller I believe that's his name this Illinois team has a fantastic supporting cast they've got a good coach and they're playing at their best right now and who knows, maybe I have them in my bracket, but we'll go over that in future episodes. I then want to head to Ohio State because they are playing fantastic right now. They are on fire. I love Dwayne Washington. His game, he's a shot maker. Takes contested shots, makes three-pointers, drives to the hole at will. And then his chemistry and his dynamic to a partner with EJ Liddell didn't uh, came up a bit short with some of his shots in overtime and late in the fourth quarter but EJ Liddell is a great player he can be a bit of a mismatch because he's big enough to play down low but he has a shot outside I love what Liddell brings you've got CJ Walker fantastic free throw shooter you got suing this Ohio State team is on fire right now and even though they lost that Big Ten championship they beat Michigan held on because they blew a little bit of a 10 point lead when it got cut down to one and gave Michigan a shot to actually win the game but Ohio State remains a two seed and I absolutely love their duo of Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell watch out for the Buckeyes so then we get into the losers for the Big Ten I'm going to start off with Michigan. I'm going to be honest, everyone. I have some doubts. I just don't see it with this Michigan team. Stout defensively, absolutely. But I just, without Isaiah Livers, I am very concerned about the Wolverines. They just lacked a bit of some offensive punch, especially with... Wagner fouling out and not shooting the ball particularly well. Mike Smith, he seems like a pretty good point guard, but he's undersized. I don't know if they have the shooting to contend with some teams. Out of all the one seeds, they are the one one seed that I have my doubts about about going far. Dickinson in the middle is really solid. Juwan Howard's been a great coach this year, but if they don't have Isaiah Livers... Be on the lookout for them to go out somewhat earlier than you might expect. Isaiah Livers is 6'7", senior, co-captain, averaging 13 a game, great three-point shooter. I believe he's around 40%, maybe a little higher from three-point range. If you don't have Isaiah Livers, that is a huge missing piece and a huge hole to fill on both ends of the floor for Michigan. And something that I think about, when UVA lost to UMBC three years ago. And I actually picked UVA to win that championship. DeAndre Hunter was out for the tournament. And I assumed that they were just going to be fine. They're UVA. They're a top team. And it made a big difference not having DeAndre Hunter. If they don't have Isaiah Livers, it's going to have the same effect on Michigan because it's very hard to replace someone of that productivity and that significance to a team. Next, I want to talk about Iowa real quick. The big thing for me, Luka Garza is going to get his numbers. He's just going to. Fantastic player. National Player of the Year candidate. 
but is their supporting cast good enough? When it comes to Iowa, in my opinion, their, their shooters are going to be the reasons that they win or lose games. Is their cast good enough? I say no. I don't believe that these shooters are going to be good enough when they go against some of these top teams. Jordan Bohannon, really solid point guard. He's what you want on a championship caliber team. Senior point guard, can control the game, good shooter. Wieskamp, I know I saw he was fighting a bit of an ankle sprain. Another good shooter. But just watching them play Illinois, CJ Frederick was completely shut down. I, I'm pretty sure he was only took five shots, two for five. If their shooters, one can't get going, or two can't knock down shots, if they have a bad shooting night, Iowa can lose to anybody. Their ceiling is very high, but their floor is extremely low. And that, that is what worries me about Iowa going into the tournament. I don't believe in their supporting cast because if, again, one bad shooting night and they could be toast. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I know, I've, I mean, I've seen that Iowa team is hungry for some redemption. They want to go far in this tournament. But I, I, I have my doubts, and I just don't see it happening for Iowa this year. Real quick, I'm going to do the SEC and then take a, take a short break and talk about Big 12, Big East after that. SEC, Alabama wins. They come back from 15 down to, to beat Tennessee. They beat LSU in a thriller. And I love this Alabama team. They can make a deep run. They're a two seed, and they do two things really, really well. They play defense. You've got Defensive Player of the Year and SEC Player of the Year, and Herb Jones, he is a complete player, one of the most complete players that you will find in the country. And they can shoot threes. Those two things are huge when it comes to, to winning college basketball games. Defense, three-pointers. Javon Quinterly, four or five-star, went to Villanova, didn't get much opportunity there, transferred, sat out a year, went to Alabama, is fantastic. Javon Quinterly is a name that we need to watch out for. See, he was the SEC most outstanding player of the tournament. He put up a lot of points. I believe it was around 15 to 19 for both games, semifinals and finals. Shackleford, Shackleford, uh, I believe he had 21 in the championship game. You've got John Petty, who's the glue guy, the heart and soul of that team, plays hard on defense. I love this Alabama team. And then you've got someone like LSU, who really gave Alabama a run for their money. Trendon Watford had 30 points for LSU yesterday. Javante Smart with 21. And then Thomas, I believe Cameron Thomas, he had 18. That three-headed monster for LSU is really, really good. They can put up points. And if they're, they, they've been better defensively recently, and that's been their main problem, but they can outscore a lot of teams, and they can get half. They get going from behind the three-point line. So I really like what LSU brings to the table. I'm going to take a short break, then we'll talk Big 12, because I'm sure you all want to hear what I think about Cade Cunningham. Stay tuned. I'll be back in a bit. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Got a couple more segments here on this conference tournament weekend recap. Let's head to the Big 12. Texas beats Oklahoma State for the Big 12 championship. They were 0-6 before that game. Not, they are not winless anymore. 
They finally win their first Big 12 uh, tournament championship game behind Matt Coleman's career-high 30 points. Matt Coleman was sensational. He was making shot after shot. Senior guard for the Longhorns had a, had a heck of a game. Also, Jericho Sims, 21 for the Longhorns. He was huge on the inside for Shaka Smart's club. But before that, Kansas was another victim of a positive COVID test. Had a bow out of the Big 12 tournament that let Texas go through to the finals after they beat Texas Tech. So we'll see how they rebound from the positive test because, you know, it's, it can be a bit demoralizing just to lose your spot in the tournament like that. And then Oklahoma State, led by Kay Cunningham, almost surefire number one pick in next year's draft. He knocks off second overall ranked Baylor, giving them their second loss of the season. Cade Cunningham is the real deal, everyone. I love his game. He makes everyone around him better. I had my doubts about their supporting cast, but they've got a squad. Avery Anderson III, he has really come on strong the past couple of weeks. I believe he had 20 against Baylor. Cade Cunningham, definitely, uh, he had points in the 20s. Cunningham had 25 against Baylor, 29 against Texas. Really almost single-handedly brought them back into that game, but there was not enough time left for him to really uh, get a good shot at tying that game up. But they've got some good players. Likely, Moncrief, Rondell Walker. These guys for Oklahoma State can really play. And like I said before, Cade Cunningham makes everyone around him better. He's so unselfish. He looks for his teammates first. When he really wants to hunt his shot and take over, he can do so because we saw it a little bit against Texas. Oh my goodness. Cade Cunningham is fantastic. And he could be the guy that could, not single-handedly because again, good supporting cast, but that could really carry his team uh, in a deep run in the tournament. I love what they did over the weekend. Unfortunately for them, it was not enough against a really solid Texas team. But I was encouraged what I saw from the Cowboys because it's Cade Cunningham and what people think everyone else. But in reality, this is a really good team led by a really good coach and Coach Boynton. Keep an eye out for the Cowboys. And then lastly, we're going to talk a little bit of the Big East. And then actually, I have another team after that. But for the Big East, Georgetown. A big story over the weekend. Patrick Ewing goes into Madison Square Garden as the eighth seed in the Big East. Beats Villanova and then beats the brakes off of Creighton to get an automatic bid into the tournament. He was the first coach and player of a college to win their conference championship. So the Hoyas are on a roll right now. 12 seed in the tournament, maybe they could have a 12-5 upset. But Villanova's a team I'm really worried about, everyone. And here's why. They are really banged up right now. Colin Gillespie, senior guard, averaging about 14 points a game. Towards MCL, he is out for the season. Just like the Isaiah Livers part, that could happen to Villanova as well. That is a big piece to lose before the NCAA tournament. They're going against a really good 12 seed in Winthrop. So maybe that's an upset. 
Again, we'll get into all the tournament stuff later, but I'm a little concerned about Villanova. They also lost a couple games towards the end of the season. I believe they lost to Providence last game of the season on a game winner. But Georgetown is a great story. I, I, I would think that they could keep it up for a game or two because a big part about the NCAA tournament is momentum. How are you playing right now? And a team like Georgetown, a team like o uh, Oregon State, who won their conference championship to get an automatic bid, those teams are very dangerous for those five seeds. Because they're on a roll. They've won a couple games. Georgetown, they've definitely found their identity. I don't know too much about Georgetown. I'm going to try to learn a little bit more about them before, their, uh, before the tournament starts. Those are a couple teams that stole bids over the weekend. And lastly, we're going to talk about Gonzaga for a little bit. Undefeated, 26-0. Can they do it? Now, obviously, Gonzaga is the favorite for the tournament, no doubt. This is not your typical good Gonzaga team. This team is elite. This team is really, really talented. You got a top five pick in Jalen Suggs. Corey Kispert averages about 19 a game. Really good shooter from beyond the arc. And then you got Drew Timmy on the inside. That is a big three for Gonzaga. And their role players are not much worse. Joel Ayayi uh, and Nemhard, really solid players to contribute to what Suggs, Kispert, and Timmy will do for the Zags. And once again, can they do it? Can they be the first undefeated team since 1976? We'll have to find out when they or when the tournament starts. But I believe that's about it. That's going to be a really, really good conference weekend. I was able to watch a lot of basketball, watch a lot of games. I'm so, so excited for March Madness. I actually am in the progress of working on my bracket. Actually, it, it's it, it's it's done, it's completed, but it's still a work in progress. And I'm going to try to finalize that in the next couple of days. But that's all I have for you today. Tomorrow we've got a guest episode. And on Thursday we have another guest episode. Tomorrow is we are really going to be talking about the tournament, going to be talking about the bracket. Thursday is going to be a bit more of a UNC-oriented episode, talking about our chances versus Wisconsin. And if we beat Wisconsin, can we knock off the Baylor Bears? But thank you so much for listening to this episode. I had a really good time talking about all those teams. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. And get going on your brackets, everyone. The perfect bracket still remains to be seen. I'm hoping that I can get a perfect one. Obviously, perfect is near impossible. But this is just a great time of the year. Everyone loves March Madness. I know I'm so, so, so excited to be able to watch basketball all weekend long. But once again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.